This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to Netflix, your weekly guide on what to binge this week. I'm Helen Daly and I'm delighted to welcome back Callan Crumlish to the podcast. Hello. Hello, thanks for having me back again. You are very welcome. This week we're going to look at Afterlife, which lands on Netflix today. And if you haven't heard about it, Afterlife is Ricky Gervais's new show about grief and moving on from a loved one's death. It's hugely emotional and it's actually pretty different to anything Ricky Gervais has done previously. But is it any good? We're going to give you the lowdown on what we thought of it and some snippets from what the cast themselves made of it. And of course, we're on hand to discuss the latest news and updates from the world of Netflix. Stay tuned to find out more. So I think before we start, it's important to say some of the topics we're about to discuss include suicide and depression. Please contact Samaritans at samaritans.org or mind at mind.org.uk if you need any help at all with any issues raised in this podcast or in Afterlife. So Afterlife is Ricky Gervais's new show and it focuses around the life of Tony. So Callum, who is Tony? So Tony's played by Ricky Gervais and he's a man who has sadly just lost his wife to cancer and he's struggling to cope. He falls into a really deep depression. He's contemplating taking his own life and he basically sees anger everywhere he looks. And basically throughout the show, he makes different attempts on his life and there's always some some glimmering bit of hope that stops him. So what did you think of Afterlife? I, I really loved it. Um, a lot of the themes uh, and the sort of scenes that you see as well are quite tough to watch. There's a lot of really harrowing things and... Uh, uh, Ricky's character Tony says a lot of really horrible things about you know I just don't want to live anymore I, I don't want to uh, be on this earth without my wife anymore um, but it was I think it was really done quite well it was quite touching and on the other side of it it was also hysterical uh, there were there is a strange comedy to this that is the darkest I've seen in a while and I, I really enjoyed it and you know Ricky Gervais he does have that kind of talent at making the unthinkable funny at at times and you know I have to admit I didn't find it as funny as I have as previous but I don't know if that's the point or not I don't know if it's meant to be more of a drama um I found it all right okay I'm gonna say all right because I am a big fan of Ricky Gervais I love his work but I just found this at times a little bit uncomfortable to watch Um, because for me, you know, I I didn't know anything about it. I was going into it thinking, great, this is going to be funny. This is going to really cheer me up. And, you know, there was points where I did laugh. There's the infamous tubby ginger kid, (laughs) which you probably will all know sooner or later. But, um, you know, then all of a sudden there's these really, really dark moments where he's about to take his own life. And we don't want to go into too much detail now, but you can see a lot, um, in terms of method and stuff. So it's, it's quite harrowing. Um, yeah, so I just didn't know what to make of it, but I couldn't stop watching it. So maybe I did enjoy it. It's it's a really good binge show. And, um, Ricky himself said that it's, it's for binging. You're supposed to watch it all in one go and it's six episodes, 20 to 30 minutes long each. It's a really good sort of Friday night binge fest, really. Um, it's not the happiest of Friday nights. It absolutely isn't. Um, but I think it sort of attempts to give you a happy tone at the end of the season. Yeah, it does. Um, it tries to give you the roundabout way of saying, you know, even though he's really upset and he's really in a, a bad way, there is a point to him living and there is a point to anyone living and, you know, find help, etc. 
I think it does that well towards the end of it. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. In the middle, it gets very dark. Yeah. And uh, it can be a tough watch. Yeah. And what about Tony? Like, do we find him likable? Because at the start, he's awful. He's a really bad human. And he says the worst things to people who are just looking out for him. But is that grief? Like, is is he a normal character? Um, as you alluded to, he sort of, he really like, viciously swears at a child in the first, is it <laughs> yeah. the first episode? Very, it, like 10 minutes, yeah. first 10 minutes in. And uh, it's, I thought it was hysterical. Oh yeah, it's but, shocking. But it was, that's why it was funny because yeah. it was shocking. You didn't expect that to come out of his mouth. And I think, yeah, you've got to, you hit the nail on the head. As we meet Tony, he is a horrible person. And uh, Ricky said that, you know, Tony is making himself this psychopath just to sort of numb the pain of losing his wife. And he's just lashing out at anyone on the street. They're like, There's the scene with the, the man at the park as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he just lashes out at anyone because he's just trying to, you know, numb, numb himself from the real world. Um, but yeah, Tony's got some issues, obviously, and it all stems from losing his wife and it's all really tragic, but it's a, done in a really funny way, I thought. I think what is uplifting about it is that you do see that Tony does start to get better and you see the help and support that he's getting. Like these are friends and family that don't give up on him, not once. And a dog that doesn't give up on him. <laughs> the, the dog, dog saves his life. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, I was going to say, what did you actually make of the cast? Because the supporting cast... Uh, you know, there's just name after name after name. I found the cast a bit jarring, to be honest, because it was a lot of comedy actors that we know from British TV, British comedy and uh, all sorts of uh, soaps and sitcoms and what have you. Um, and every now and then you're like, oh, it's that person, it's that comedian, uh, but they're doing like a really, uh, you know, serious role. Um, yeah, a bit, bit strange, but yeah, they, they all worked well and they all did their comedy bit. And it seems like Ricky Gervais, Tony, was the only person doing a dark role. Yeah. Other than perhaps Julian. Yeah, Julian, um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, they, they, were all, they were all good. They did their job, you know. Um, yeah, so for those that aren't aware yet, Julian is a homeless man um, and he becomes involved with giving uh, Tony some drugs to help him numb the pain. And yeah, his story takes a very dark turn. And for me, I think that was the point that I was like, okay, th- this isn't that funny anymore because this guy, spoiler warning, has died and it's pretty horrible. The circumstances are brutal. What did you make of that? Because, you know, at the, at the beginning, Julian's just a side story and then all of a sudden he's the main plot point. I agree with you. Um, the darkness that Tony, the scenes, the darkness of Tony's scenes are harrowing, but I feel like there's a point to them. Whereas Julian's really dark scenes kind of felt brushed aside. And towards the end of the series, you're sat there thinking to yourself, but what about Julian? Why, why is no one worried about him at the moment? Um yeah, really strange choices with his character, I think, in his arc. But maybe maybe it's something to venture into in a, in a second season, if there is one. Yeah, p- p- potentially. And one thing that was really good to see was um, David Bradley. I love David Bradley. And as um, Tony's dad, those scenes were just... That, for me, the scenes with his dad were just pure Ricky Gervais. Like, that was him. Right. That's his writing. That funny bit, you know, at the end when... Um, his dad recognizes it's his son mm-hmm. and you know keeps asking where Lisa is mm-hmm. and stuff like that that is Ricky Gervais for me absolutely he I, he was really good and again I think that those scenes perhaps sum up this show perfectly his dad has tragically got Alzheimer's or and and he doesn't remember who his son is but throughout all of the scenes even though it's a dark topic I was in hysterics through some of them because the the dialogue is just ridiculous and otherworldly. Um, yeah, really enjoyed the scenes, but yeah, strange tone to it all. 
And there as well, we see Ashley Jensen, who we've not seen with Ricky Gervais since um, Extras. <laughs> Cast your mind back to that. Um, it's nice to see her back doing like such a nice role as well. Um, what did you make of, of everyone else in it? Yeah, um, Ashley Jensen was great. And I think she was uh, a nice sort of... Um, she was the other side of the coin, wasn't she? She, yeah. was, she had a happy, happy outlook on everything. She was really great. And uh, also the woman he meets on the bench. She's a good, consistent... Oh yeah, um, she's a good, consistent person throughout. Trying to show him, show Tony the the happier way of life. Um, but yeah, I, I like I liked a lot of people. I think I liked most uh, Tony's brother-in-law because he was constantly telling Tony, "Get out there, you know, go find." Because he's a journalist, right? He's like, "Go find some stories, throw yourself into your work, go on a date, just you know, try and cheer yourself up a bit." And Tony's having none of it. But it works out really well because you can see that he's just a concerned family member saying, you know, come on, you, we need to get through this together. Yeah. And he's going through all these issues as well that are touched upon throughout the season. But you don't realise until the last episode, like the extent of his unhappiness. And of course, he's just lost his sister. Like, you know, this sad death has an impact on almost all the characters in some way, either, either with it's, you know, the direct family connection or if it's Tony putting his sadness on everyone like everyone knows who lisa is but you never really see her apart from on a video screen yeah i think maybe that's one of the things i liked most about this lisa isn't in the show at all really in the present sense but we learn about her and we learn about her character through um flashbacks or sort of home videos that tony has made and i think that was a really smart choice of uh, smart choice by ricky to show us the viewer how their relationship evolved throughout their life yeah. and they're just messing around you know going to the beach having a drink and it's just really heartwarming and then the fact that she's dead before the show even starts just makes it that much more heartbreaking and they those some of those scenes just really got me they were they were horrible yeah i think they were probably the most emotional scenes of it because she's obviously doing that really stoic thing like you know move on with your life find someone else and stuff and you can see that he really listens to her and obviously it means a lot to him um to have those videotapes yeah, it seems like she was perhaps the only person he really... Well, he says it himself. She was the only person he cared about. He doesn't care about anyone else. doesn't care about himself. He cares about the dog and her. And now she's gone, he's just lost. He hasn't got a clue. And then, yeah, this is his journey with him finding out how to deal with it and how to look after other people again. Mm. And some of the things, you know, we've touched upon just briefly before, the newspaper scenes are actually hilarious. Um, so, you know, you get these just bizarre stories that you know could only be true i really hope <laughs> like i really hope that ricky's just looked through a list of like bizarre local stories and, and picked out the best ones they give like some real moments of lightness as yeah. well but also like so kind of tragic in a way that there's that guy and all he wants to do is be in a newspaper oh, and God, then you Brian. realize it's because he's like lost his wife and his life's fallen apart and he thinks if he's going to be in the newspaper it'd be better and it's like yeah, they're, they're really interesting scenes and actually the ones I enjoyed the most. I, I agree. I really enjoyed them. Um, some of the ones that stand out for me are Kenneth Branagh mould wall thing. <laughs> we've Just, all been there. We've, we've all, all seen Kenneth Branagh in a little bit of mould from a wall. <laughs> absolutely killed me. But I think it's intelligent. Like you see Tony realise that he's got parallels with everyone. Like with Brian, who's desperate to be in the paper, he's lost his wife and Tony sort of sees that in himself and is like, oh, that could be me. That could just be, I could be another person 
begging for some attention uh and then with julian as well julian suffered a tragedy in his life and then tony realizes like god i'm just the same as him he's just a homeless guy that does drugs on the corner but i'm i'm very similar to him in this this part of my life um i think it's like some of the writing's really smart but yeah also harrowing and you also get the wonderful diane morgan in those um scenes i love her like i honestly could just watch every show just with her in she's amazing and i think um I think it's really interesting actually to see this like in crowd that Ricky Gervais has created for himself. Like it's just the comedians that he obviously is good friends with and they all just work together for a greater cause on this one. Obviously they've got great chemistry on set or whatever. So, you know, you can see that in the show. Um, Everyone gets on and they start dishing out lines. And I bet a lot of that was maybe some ad libs or, you know, some freestyle, some of the, some of the, um, yeah, really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, Diane's character is obsessed with Kevin Hart, which I think is just Aren't we all? hysterical. I mean, some of no. us are. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just like really nice. That, and then at the end, you know, they all have their little happy endings. And it's like, as you say, there are those little bits of hope at the end, which I think is important in something like this. And in classic Netflix, you know, binge-worthy fashion, they sort of wrap things up, but not really. You know, there are still problems there. Just everyone's a bit happier than they were than they, uh, from when the show started. So I think there's probably lots to go on in maybe a second season. But um, yeah, I like how they all progressed at least a little bit. I mean, as much as I did enjoy watching it and like just rinse through it in a couple of hours, I, I don't know whether a second season would be on the cards for me. Like, I feel like... Obviously, if you're a fan of Ricky Gervais, you know that his work has that ending where you're not quite sure what's going on, but you can have a good guess. And I think I think that that's what I got. I got a good ending with Afterlife and I don't think it, they need any more. But should they do any more? Do you think it would work? Personally, I, I thought it was really touching and I really enjoyed it. And I, I would like to see maybe another six, six episode run, uh, wrap up the stories completely, get everyone sorted and done and be done with it. Um, but I, I see what you mean. Like I, I haven't watched many of Ricky Gervais's series. Like I've seen the big hitters, but I'm not used to his comedy, which is why I think I found it so hilarious. Um, so I can see if I can see him not doing more, but I would like to. Mm, I will admit I've, I'm a big Gervais fan, you know, so I was quite, I was looking forward to this, but obviously I, I am a little bit disappointed by it, but, um, you know, it, it is tonally different to everything. I mean, have you seen Derek? It's probably the closest. No, I heard, I've, I know of Derek. I never saw it. Yeah, so Derek's about this care home, um, you know, and there's lots of like different characters in it and there's immense tragedy. Um, it's so sad. And I actually could well up right now just telling you some of the stories that come out from it. But it's, um, yeah, that one's probably for me is the closest. Like I didn't get the laughs and the cringe like I did from The Office and extras. Um, but, you know, he's done a couple of films as well, which maybe delve upon the same things and yeah I thought the ending was very much in the style of of Ricky and I couldn't imagine it any other way and to be honest I kind of expected it would be that yeah it had this big sort of music montage of you know everyone's story kind of getting to the next step and I I see what you're saying like I've seen a couple of his films and they kind of do the same thing you know they wrap up in a weird neat way that isn't quite neat but with music in the background and you know um yeah okay maybe I should try Derek like now Mm. so um you know you did go to the screening for afterlife Mm -hmm. what did Ricky Gervais say about this um so, so he was saying that what interested him about the character was that he feels like he's got a superpower he doesn't care anymore he wants to be a psychopath because he just wants the pain to go away and that's what makes the character so interesting um he 
brings out this weird primal energy in Tony where everyone's got this sort of uh, voice in their head where they say, should I say something? No, I better not. But Tony doesn't have that voice. He says, no, I'm going to do it. You know, yeah, like the guy, he's like, what's left to lose? Exactly. Like the kid who mouthed off to him or the guy in the park. He, he says, no, what's the worst that can happen? And like when he gets mugged, he said, he says, uh, he said in the screening, you know, everyone who has been mugged or has known someone who's been mugged, wouldn't they just love to go and tell the mugger to just get lost? You know, what are you going to do? Kill me? Like, go ahead. And that's what he sort of, you know, brought forward with Tony. Uh, this really sort of like, I don't care. Do what you want. Like, the worst has happened. Go ahead. Mm. Um, and what did he say about working with Netflix? Because obviously this is his first venture um, solely with Netflix. Um, he said he really enjoyed it. He said they uh, had a really relaxed attitude with him and they... Um, sort of just let him do what he needed to do they gave him what he needed and then he went for it he said i wanted six episodes and he got it and this is what this is the final product and it looks but i mean he wrote and directed it and starred in it so it looks like it's his vision he seemed very happy with the final product and yeah it looks like he has absolutely had what he wanted and got it perfectly this couldn't really have happened on um bbc this would never really get away on on tv but yeah with it being on netflix it kind of can happen because i guess you can binge it and see you know straight away within a couple of hours you learn that there's a happy ending absolutely even from the binging all the way down to the dialogue like he drops some swear words in this that like can't ever be uttered on yeah exactly the worst ones (laughs) absolutely and uh, he hits upon some really horrible scenes, which we mentioned. Um, just all things that seem a bit too far, but because it's Ricky and because it's Netflix, you kind of just think, okay, well, this is what they're doing and I'm going to go with it. This is what their vision is and it's okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, going forward, if he doesn't do a second season of Afterlife, I definitely would want to see another Netflix production from Ricky. I think, yeah, like you say, you know, it, it felt a bit different. Um, it felt a lot more honest. It felt a lot more open um, and freeing. And I, I guess as a comedian, that's what you want, first and foremost. You want to be able to say the worst things that, <laughs> you know, you could imagine and get away with it, I guess. Yeah, like he rips on a lot of celebrities like Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's a running joke throughout and he <laughs> rips on Kenneth Branagh and the mould and stuff. Like <laughs> if this is him like free, then this I'd like to see more because just he had me in stitches through a lot of the show. Yeah, and I mean, if you've seen some of his shows on Netflix, his, um, uh, his stand-up shows, they are very shocking (laughs) they are very very shocking and i guess you know having that freedom for him must be delightful so here on netflix we like to give you lovely listeners some hints on what you should watch next this one was a hard week. Uh, considering the tone and subject matter, we thought you can't go wrong with discovering or revisiting Ricky Gervais's past works. And much to my delight, The Office, Extras and Derek are all available to stream on Netflix right now. So if you don't know who David Brent is, then quite frankly, where have you been? Um, the Office's star, he is the manager everyone loves to cringe at in a company in Slough. He's constantly teased by lovely Tim, played by Martin Freeman, and Dawn by the lovely Lucy Davis while he tries to go about being the best boss ever. Um, so the the Office really is the origins of mockumentaries and really half of comedy shows we have today wouldn't be around if it wasn't for this landmark sitcom. And just you wait for the final ever episode, Tissues at the Ready. Yeah, it's one of the series that just is timeless. You can watch it any, at any time and everyone can relate to it in some way. Mm. And what about Extras? Extras is a British sitcom as well. And uh, 
It's about extras working in the television, film and theatre industry. It follows the lives of Andy Millman and his friend Maggie Jacobs, which is Ashley Jensen, who we see in Afterlife. As Millman muddles through life as an uh, anonymous background performer, like The Office, it's awkward, it's funny, and it's going to make you cringe and fall in love with all the characters, and it's a great binge. Again, it's like following on from The Office. It's just another great one, really. And, um, you know, if you haven't seen Derek, we touched upon it before, you really, really should. It's a lovely, bittersweet drama. So it's probably similar to Afterlife in tone, and Derek looks at the extremely hardworking and dedicated people in care homes. Derek, played by Ricky, is a loving and kind helper who brings light to all of the residents. So as I said, you know, it's extremely bittersweet, it's emotional, and it's genuinely hilarious. You know, Carl Pilkington's in it, and I love him. Um, which shows, you know, that there's good all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know much about Derek, and I think I'm going to go straight to that after this. Yeah. After, after life. Um, so I thought we'd finish this week with a bit of news um, about Netflix developments. So I was delighted to hear that um, a new drama has been commissioned called The Stranger, and it's by Harlan Coburn, who's done some brilliant stuff already. Um, so it's going to be a crime drama, and apparently it's going to be very suspenseful. And it's going to star Siobhan Finneran, who, if you don't know, has been in Happy Valley and Downton Abbey. She's a wonderful, wonderful actress. She's going to be DS Joanna Griffin. And um, yes, it's just going to be a crime drama, basically. Um and it's got an amazing cast. So Jennifer Saunders, Sean Dooley, Dervla Kerwin, Anthony Head, Stephen Rear, Richard Armitage. Like, I could honestly just go on. This sounds so exciting that I had to discuss it with you today, Callum. Do you think this will be something that you watch? Yeah, it doesn't seem real. Like, getting those people in a room, let alone starring in a TV show, is just, like, that's unbelievable. Um, yeah, after, you know, the strange sort of instant drops like the um the witness and things like that i'm uh i'm in i'm in i'm in yeah i think this one sounds actually really exciting and um you know unlike netflix doesn't really do mysteries that well i don't think because for a mystery to take effect you need to have that break between each episode and i don't think binge watching a crime drama necessarily would work but this just sounds so put together already and it's only in the early stages you know we've got an amazing cast I'm drawn to it (laughs) yeah it's actually absolutely one to look out for and uh hopefully we get some more news about it soon yeah we'll keep you up to date on that so that's all for this week thank you so much for listening and if you liked what you heard please like subscribe and tell your friends come and get involved with the debate on twitter that's at netflixed pod where we'll be teasing details of our next episode and instead of a poll this week we want your comedy recommendations we're going to start a thread on twitter and we want you to let us know which show we're missing and absolutely shouldn't be and of course don't forget to head over to express.co.uk for all your tv news and exclusive interviews Next week, we're going to be delving into the world of Turn Up Charlie. Yes, it's another comedy, but this time with the one and only Idris Elba, who's going to be playing a desperate DJ trying to make it big. It's the first time we're really seeing Idris in this type of role, but is it going to be any good? I think it will be. (laughs) We'll have the lowdown on everything you need to know. You do not want to miss this. See you next week. (laughs)